Welcome, everybody, to episode 33 of the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Owens, with the Average Jake Firefighter Blog. Welcome to 2020, first podcast of 2020. Uh, start off with apologizing for taking such a long break. Haven't recorded a podcast or published a podcast since November. Took pretty much all of December off just to spend time with the family, time with the holidays. You know how it goes. Um, just felt like I really needed that uh, to kind of take a break from the podcast and doing you know fire service content or whatever to spend time with my family and spend time you know doing the holidays and really enjoying the holidays, which I'm so glad I did. Super excited for what. 2020 will bring for the Average Jake Firefighter podcast and blog and all of those things. So super excited about that. Lots of cool things in the works, but I'll talk about some of those on the back end of the podcast. Really excited to have a great guest on with Lex Shady, just having a great conversation. I think when you listen to it, you're gonna have you're gonna see this a, a variety of different topics. Lex is awesome to talk to. She's awesome. You know, she's got a lot of uh, you know different opinions and stuff at the fire service that I really relate to. So I, I'm just really excited she decided to come on, and I think you're gonna really, really, really enjoy the uh, the interview, or as I'm calling it, the conversation with Lex Shady. So let's not even belabor the point. 2020, let's kick this podcast off right, a conversation with Lex Shady. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast. Super excited to have Lex Shady coming on the podcast. And as I was you know, looking at her Instagram and I've read her blog and I've, and I've seen her social media presence, I was kind of like just wanting to have a conversation with her because she's got her, her, her toes in so many different things. Uh, she writes about building construction. She blogs, she's, you know, fitness, all these things. And so I was trying to struggle with what to call this podcast. And so I think what, what I was going to name it is just a conversation with Lex Shady. Uh, and so I'm really super excited to have Lex on the podcast. Lex, thanks for joining the, the Average Jake Firefighter podcast. Really appreciate you coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to talk with you today. Awesome. So before we get into some of the topics we want to talk about, and it's and it's a lot, and I try to keep it <laughs> about an hour. Uh, okay. But before we get into all the topics, let's uh, talk to me about how you got started in the fire service and what your fire service background is. Yeah. So um, I got started. Uh, I had family that was really heavily involved with a local volunteer fire department. So I was at literally everything. I mean, hose testing, trainings, everything except for the fun part, which was the fire. And uh, I had a good job. I liked it. But I was always looking. I mean, you can people can say it sounds cheesy, but I was always looking for a job that kind of served a bigger purpose. So I started thinking about wanting to join the, t- the department. And uh, they had a pretty tough call one day. I listened to all their calls on the radio. I heard that. And I had never felt more helpless in my entire life because I couldn't do anything about the situation. I couldn't help my guys that were upset. I mean, th- those guys were my family and I wasn't even on, the- on that department yet. And uh, so a couple months later, I just said, like, no, screw it. Like, I, ha- I have to do this. So I joined. And after maybe a month, I was like, this has to be my job. Like, it's not – I can't just do this as volunteer anymore. So I went through – like, we do, like, delivered academies out here um, if you're not actually, like, hired to a department yet. So I did that, volunteered for about three years, and then um, about a year ago got hired on my current department. So I've done it, and I've just loved it ever since. So. Outstanding. Yeah. Pretty like that, you know, and I think that's as, as, as we get, as we talk about how people, their, their journey to the fire service, everybody's is a little bit different, but yours mm-hmm. is kind of similar to mine. 
uh, you know, just starting out volunteering, wanting to, you know, basically, as I call it, getting bit by the firebug yeah, and, exactly. wanting to, and wanting to make it your, your career. And, and I think that that's great and outstanding. Um, so as we get into some of these topics, you know, I want to jump right into it with uh, it. And, I, and I'm sure you know where I'm going with this. You wrote a <laughs> blog post the other day and, and I really like it. Right. Because, you know, it, and not a lot of people know this, but uh, my wife is uh, is a fireman. You know, like now people know, like, that's not what she does for her career, but I met her, uh, we went to high school together, but like, I really got to know her as mm -hmm. a volunteer EMT. And when we started dating, she joined the volunteer fire department and she went through firefighter one, firefighter two. I mean, we've, we've been on fires together, that's awesome. you know, so like not a lot of people know that like my wife is a fireman as well. And one of the things that always, I guess, kind of stuck in her craw was some of the the bad representation of, of women in the fire service. Yep. And she was always trying to, to push that, like, Hey, I'm not like those, those other women. I'm here to actually do this. I'm here to do a job. And like, and now that turned into that, you know, she works for our state office of EMS. Like that's her profession oh, is wow. emergency services and emergency management. And so she's constantly tried to, push the view of women in emergency services, you know, forward to a positive light. Mm -hmm. And when I read your blog post, the I am the problem, uh, that really like, man, it resonated with me because that is definitely that there's two factions and you're on the faction of, Hey, you know, yeah, I'm a, I'm a woman, but I'm a fireman right. as well. Right. And there's a lot of women out there who probably have the best of intentions, but they're causing, I think, more divide than anything. Yeah. So talk about your experience as a woman in the fire service, being a woman and being a fireman. And, you know, just what kind of like made you write that blog post? And what, what was like the, the, I guess, the jump off point that made you want to do that? Well, so first of all, I did not realize that that was going to take off kind of nearly as much as it did. So that was kind of surprising to me at first. But I don't know. It was just kind of a combination of things really like. When I got when I started on my volunteer department, I, it was probably because I'd been around those guys for so long and had already been at everything. But I, those guys were nothing but supportive ever. Um, I started seeing, you know, somewhat in the community, people be like, "Oh, cool, she's a fireman." But it wasn't to me. It was never like, "Oh, I didn't realize she could." It was just like, "Oh, cool, hey, like there's a girl on there." Like I don't know, but uh, just like the combination of things started happening over the last year. Um, when I got hired, my whole department was like terrified of me. I mean, they were so afraid of offending me by, like, saying the wrong thing that like, I would turn around and file a lawsuit or something. And it finally got to the point I was just like, Chief, if, I, if I'm offended, I'll tell you. Like, I, I have zero issues with that. And second right. of all, you know, if you're trying to make me feel included by being like, hey, guys and Lex, I'm like, that makes me feel more excluded. So, like, let's have a conversation here about that. And then, you know, we... Uh, Chris Tobin and I started collaborating on some of those building construction articles and I shared the first one in a, it's a female firefighter only Facebook group and the feedback on that was pretty harsh and it had nothing to do with the article and everything to do with the title, which is Fireman's Guide to Main Street. And so I was so frustrated because I had like, we spent a long, lot of time working on this article, trying to make it easy to read and just kind of some basic info that we had studied and learned and we wanted to share it. And it spent a lot of time and the feedback on it wasn't on the article. It wasn't a conversation about building construction or like what they have in their districts. It was like, hey, your title is offensive. I'm like, it's a word. How is it? I mean, how is it offensive? I didn't understand it. And then just kind of... Uh, I kind of tried to just brush it off, but then I started seeing more and more frequently conversations with women 
who would I don't know they would take simple conversations like one one woman you know she did nothing wrong she posted in there she was new to a truck company and her officer wanted her to carry I believe it was like a can irons and a hook and she she said she was smaller and she wanted tips on how to do it she wasn't saying like this is unfair too much expectations of me she was just like hey I'm small like you guys have been you know on your departments a long time give me some tips and most of the comments were like that's not fair he shouldn't expect so much of you. You know, what is everybody else carrying? That's sexist. And I, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. She's like, she was asking for advice. Why are we turning this, this into something that's not? And I just, I don't know. I just started writing. And I'd been working on that article kind of just as a, I don't know, like a word dump diary thing for myself, just kind of getting my thoughts out. And then it'd been over several months. And then finally, I just kind of edited it and pieced it together and decided to share it and it took off from there so I think it's cool I mean it, it was neat to me because I had spent so much time kind of seeing the other side of it so then when people were like yeah I resonate with that like I just I thought that was really cool so it's opened up some cool conversations yeah it, when you say it took off oh it took off like you are you are not uh you're not exaggerating at all like in fact you take off might be an understatement. um yeah. you know i don't know if we have things that go viral in the fire service but it seemed like everywhere you looked that was yeah. that was being shared on you know like a lot of the fire service facebook groups and mm-hmm. a lot of like retweets and everything so but no i and i think it's great and i think and i think you're 100 percent right I think it's, and, and you know, it's, it's funny. This just happened the other day. We had a female firefighter transfer into my engine company mm-hmm. and she was, Hey, your uh, 400 foot line is way different than the one we have on our engine. Can we go out and train on it? Sure we can. Like, absolutely. Yeah. So we go out there and she even made the comment of, Hey, I like how you guys pack this line because it makes it equal for everybody. Mm-hmm. And not that she was saying man, male and female, she's short. You know, right. I'm short too. She was like, hey, this line can be pulled by tall, short, you know, all this kind of things. And it's kind of the same thing that you're talking about with your with your truck company example. Like, hey, I'm just trying to make this easier for so hey, I'm small, I'm more I'm 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 smaller, but I gotta carry all this stuff because that's the expectation. Right. How can I do it? Right. And I think and, and that's the same thing with pulling our four hundred foot line. Like, hey, I'm short. How can I get this done so that I can meet the expectation, which is being able to deploy this line? Absolutely. You know, so I think that's awesome. Uh, you know, that 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 that's going on out there and those conversations are being had. So let's talk about that dirty word uh, <laughs> that, that everybody seems to think is a dirty word, you know, the fireman word. Oh. And Cause that's, that's a word that, that I was raised on, right. you know, like I said, my dad, you know, I come from a fire service family. My dad is a fireman. You know, my wife refers to me as a fireman, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, my, you know, when she, what's your husband do? He's a fireman. You know, so, yeah. you know, like my brother, he's a fireman. My brother-in-law is a fireman. My sister didn't want to be one. So she married one <laughs> and she calls him a fireman, you know, so like all this stuff. So what is, what does that word fireman mean to you? What, what is, what is, you know, why are we, why are we so fixated on that word? And what does that word mean to you? I mean, to me personally, I love learning about the history of, of the fire department. Like I, I mean, regardless if it's my department or if it's a big city department that's near us, like I just want to learn. Like if someone starts talking about the history, I'm like, fantastic, give me more. And the, that word is the traditional word for the job. And so I just love the, the traditional part of it, I guess. And I, I don't know, I just, until this conversation happened, I never thought like it was offensive. It's just, it's just a word. Like it has the word man in it, okay, but there's a lot of other jobs that have that word in it. So, like, the biggest argument I don't understand against it is, well, if we use the word fireman, then the public doesn't know 
that women can be firefighters. And I was like, what? There's, there's policemen, there's mailmen, you know, there's garbage men. Like, the public doesn't think that women can't be those jobs too. Like, I don't understand it. I, I understand that when women first started in the fire service that that word was used like derogatorily against them. Like it was used to offend them. It was used to make them feel not welcome. I get that, but we're in 2020. Like, is that really still what people are saying when they, I, I'm sure that there are some guys out there that are jerks and that will still do that, but that is the minority. And if we don't let go of that conversation, if we just keep holding on to that, it's never going to go away. I don't really care if you call yourself a fireman or a firefighter, but don't be mad at me if I want to honor the tradition and call myself a fireman. And, like, I guess that's kind of where my my big pet peeve with this is. So I really don't care. Like, my badge at work says firefighter. That's my t- job title is firefighter EMT. But I just kind of took on this kind of um, – there's a phrase I like. It's called, like, spite is motivated anger. And that's kind of how I feel about this. So I'm going to call myself a fireman because it's such a big deal to people – I don't know. I just, I don't get it. And because I don't get it and I don't think it's important. I think we should be talking about something else. I, so I just have taken on that title as like, you know. Uh, yeah. No, I, th- I think that's awesome. And I, and I think, and I think you're right. That's exactly, I think where the roots are and that's where the roots are in it for me. And like you said, and I know, I know you brought this up in your, in your post and a lot of other people have brought it up is, you know, like, the actual like when we learn our trade mm-hmm. is firemanship like that's the definition of yeah. it you know like we're learning firemanship we're learning firemanship skills um you know and so like so that's what we're doing uh you know the trade of firefighting the, the trade of fire that know, word it, that word's offensive now firemanship i mean like look at that conference oh, yeah. out <laughs> important let's yeah, yeah. attack is their title guy. like are you, are you kidding me you can't focus on the great quality training those guys are bringing and girls like there is a there's a female in their Absolutely. group so you can't focus on the training you have to get offended by the title i mean you're taking away from everybody else at that point i just it's just a petty argument to me yeah, and, well, and, that, and that's you know, and, and that's a, a great point that you brought up is that you know there are there are females participating in all of these conferences. All of, I mean, I went to Water on the Fire this mm-hmm. year and sat right next to Dina Ali and was talking to, and you know, and I would Dina Ali's a fireman, right? You know, <laughs> you know, Dina Ali is a fireman. She's out there. She's you know helping run hot classes. She's helping coordinate the. Con- I mean, she's out there. She's out there getting after it. So I mean, like that. That's a fireman. You know, like like to me, whether you're male, female, whatever, you know, from the planet, whatever, you know, like you're 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 a, you're a fireman if if you're doing those things and, and you're and you're about the job and and you and you want to be about the job and and, and so I, I think that's great that you're trying to you know you're kind of spearheading this thing because I know you've caught a lot of flack for it a little bit a um, little bit yeah <laughs> yeah I mean and, and and unfortunately that's just when you put yourself out there that's what happens and that's I mean, okay I mean but, I'm I'm willing I'm, I've had multiple people come and talk to me about it and you know they wanted to start discussions and explain their point of view and they have a polar opposite point of view of me and that's great because I think it's super important that we have those pretty difficult conversations sometimes if we don't talk about it it's never going to get resolved so you know when people bring that stuff up to me and like the the negative feedback I'm all for it as long as we can be professional and we don't turn it personal like great let's talk about this because this is how we move on so yeah absolutely no that and, and that's again that's such a great attitude to have and I, and I love your approach to it it's it's hey let's talk like adults and, yeah. and that's something that has it's that's something that has manifested. And again, I work for a rather large fire Mm -hmm. department. I mean, we're, we are starting to, I mean, we have 
600 people, we're starting to have those really big fire department problems. And a lot of that is the failure to have those difficult adult conversations is that people were so disconnected because we're so large is that people are like, I'd I'll just file a complaint on you instead of come talk. (laughs) Right. You know, and and, and, and that's just, that's a big fire department problem, right? Small. Well, I worked in a small fire department before this one. And like, we only had like 30 people Mm -hmm. that didn't happen. Right. Like, because it was like, well, there's only 30 of us, you know, like if you file a complaint, everyone's going to know who it is. (laughs) Exactly. You know, so, so you, you were more encouraged to go have those difficult conversations. And I, and I love that your approach to that, because you're in, you're in a big, like now you're in a big fire service pond and you're still like, Hey, I want to have that personal conversation with you. And so I think that's, that's extremely, extremely admirable. And I love the approach you're taking to it. So let's transition to some of your other passions that you've already brought up uh, the uh, your collaborations with Chris Tobin Mm -hmm. with building construction. And you've got a whole blog. And again, you've got that fireman's guide to main street. So how did you get started with that? Well, so I have zero background in building construction. And when I started, um, I like, you know, you do your fire one or two, you learn your five types building construction. And like, that's about it. And I couldn't, con- I couldn't make the connection between the book, what the book was saying and what I was seeing in the streets. Like I just couldn't, couldn't connect the two. So I started studying it because I'm like, I'm going in this thing and it could fall on my head or out from underneath of me or, you know, any multiple things. And I don't know what to expect. Like I know what the book says, but how do I relate this to real life? So I started studying it. Um, I met Chris online on Twitter when he was back on there and he had building construction stuff and he shared some of my original blog posts and uh, we started talking more. I posted a video of uh, like raising a ladder or something one day and he sent me a message and was like, hey, here's some tips on how to do that differently. And he showed me some stuff from like way back in 1920 about how to raise a ladder versus, you know, 2019. And uh, I thought that was cool because he was, you know, like I said, I like history. So he started talking about history. And then the, the conversation just kind of jumped to building construction and he clearly, you know, when he was on there, had a passion for it too. And so we just kind of started talking and decided to collaborate on kind of this main street firefighting thing. And it just kind of took off from there. It's been a lot of fun. I did not realize how much I could learn from doing this. Like that's been the best part by far. It's been cool to share it and have conversations with people, but like digging into the topic in the books. I mean, I own more building construction books now than I ever thought I would. And I've learned so much. And that's just that for me and, you know, for him too, not to speak for him, but has been the point of this to learn some more for ourselves and then to share it with everybody else so that everybody else can get better too. So it's been a lot of fun. That's outstanding. So, so, so the, the fireman's, the fireman's guide to main street, is that something that you're main street, that main street USA construction, mm-hmm. is that something that you're seeing predominantly where you're at? Um, yeah, it's kind of focused on like a small town USA type feel is kind of what these articles are on. Um, right. my, my city is like 15,000 people probably. Uh, so a lot of that construction that we're talking about, it's in the, that city. Um, some of the towns out near St. Louis that he lives has the same kind of construction and it's just not something that's super talked about, I guess. You know, there's articles on the individual types, but kind of in this format, we hadn't really seen, there's classes on it, but hadn't really seen articles. So we just kind of thought it'd be something fun and different to do. And that's, it's been a lot of fun. So. Yeah, because I, because I think, again, I work, you know, in a very suburban mm-hmm. area, right? Like, you know, the fire department I work for borders the city of Richmond, Virginia. And so in those areas, those older areas, like you do see some of that main street construction, but a lot of those, and in the city, of course, you, you see a ton of it, but in a lot of areas, it's newer construction. So people right. don't even, not only is it, it's something people don't even pay attention to, or when they do see it, they don't recognize it because they don't see it very often. Well, um, that's one thing some, I had noticed was, uh, 
when you talk about building construction, you know, especially in like your intro fire classes or whatever, they everybody talks about like modern construction, new houses, all this stuff. I'm like, well, there's a lot of old buildings too. Like the fires in there don't happen very often. But, you know, that was kind of one thing I thought was like, okay, that building's really old. We don't talk about that very much. I'm sure it doesn't burn often, but I bet it when it does, it's interesting. And so we should probably know something about it. And that's kind of how it all got started. So, yeah, that's absolutely. And I, and I agree with you. And because and, and, those fires, you know, again, lucky enough to to have worked in in a you know in an area where I've had some experience mm-hmm. with that, like those fires do react different and they do burn different. And those buildings do behave different. And you can't and then you can't take that and apply it to other types of buildings, right? right. Like because that building's not going to withstand the fire load or the fire you know activity that the newer construction building yep. is. And so, no, I I really think it's great that you that you're that you're taking that on because again it is something like you said it's ignored a lot these days because so much new construction is mm-hmm. out there and we focus on so much yep. of of this you know gu- you know gusset pl- I, I, I hear another thing about a gusset <laughs> plate like i'm gonna go crazy um so as you've done your research really quickly like what's a couple like tips and tricks you can give for new firefighters when dealing with this main street construction or this little small town us yeah yeah the small town usa um so i thought about this a lot um it's kind it's kind of hard to come up with some tips i mean the basically the biggest thing that worked for me personally was i needed to find a way because i like i said i had no construction background i didn't know anything about how houses or buildings were put together so i needed to figure out a way to take the textbook into real life and the only way that i could do that was to get into the buildings and walk around take pictures uh and then know the inherent uh construction features of each type and then when you walk into a building you can see it firsthand that's what kind of connected it all for me like you you pretty much from the outside the only thing you can tell for sure is like combustible versus not combustible you can't really tell type one type two just from the outside unless you know that like type ones are you know hospitals hotels some casinos stuff like that type twos are usually walmart strip malls pole barns if you have that kind of basic knowledge in your head and then you walk into the building and you look at it and you see the the features of it like that kind of connects it all and that's kind of what I did. Um, same thing with like your your ordinary construction, you know, like Main Street USA, kind of like what we talked about in that taxpayer article we wrote. Um, I knew like what non-combustible walls meant and I knew like what the wood flooring and stuff meant. But until I walked in the building and really looked at it, it didn't make sense. So I'd read, you know, I would read something about like why, you know, the uh, fire load in a basement would be dangerous in these buildings. But until I walked in and saw it, I didn't fully understand it. So the biggest thing that I can say as tips for new guys is get into your buildings and ask questions. And there, that's the, one of the things I've done is just on my off days, walk through the buildings. I've asked my officers and like to do uh, pre-plans and stuff. And like that's helped a ton. And then the like asking other firefighters for tips on things that they've learned through the years. Like one big thing for uh, type five, like, uh, balloon frame construction. I was I was taught in like your level two fire class that stacked windows in an older building, an older home meant balloon frame construction. Well, yes, but not necessarily. There's more to it. So then they said, you know, simple stuff like start at the foundation. You know, if it's stone, that's a good indicator. If it's you know laid block or concrete, that's too new. It's probably not balloon frame construction. Uh, look for the long narrow windows, not just stacked windows. And then you can layer all those pieces together to tell you that it's probably balloon frame but again like any other building you're not going to know for sure until you get inside 
So yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, that's yeah, because the way they're building houses nowadays, if you if you walked out front of my house, my windows are stacked on top of each other. Right. You know what I mean? So like you can't just use that old that old adage. Uh, and, and, and no, that's that's great. And I and I and, and so, you know, it's, it's as you're sitting here telling me, you know, I'm thinking in my head, like kind of sarcastically. So what you're telling me is you have to actually get out of the recliner and go in your district to learn something. Yeah, that's, that's, that's like that. What a novel concept. <laughs> Well, that, you're, that you're talking about we we had talked about you'd sent me that you wanted to talk about tips on building construction and i'm like i'm thinking about it i'm like i don't have a tip like get in a book and get in the street like that's my tip for you that's perfect <laughs> yeah that's absolutely perfect and i think that is a great that is probably a tip just in general for firefighting right like right. get in a book and get in the street. I talk about that all the time with the three hour rule that I have, you know, spending an hour in the gym, an hour in the library and an hour doing hands-on training. I like, absolutely love that. Exactly. By the way, I try oh, to use that in every you. shift. Cause that is a fantastic way to keep yourself on track. So I really like that. Yeah. Thank you. Like I said, but that's exactly like in line with what you're thinking. I, I kind of, I kind of like yours a little better. It's, it's more simple, get in the book and get in the street. You know, and that yeah. can mean, you know, hey, pull some hose lines, you know, hit some hydrants, you know, get in a building, you know, read an article like that's that's exactly what what we're what I'm going after with that message. So that's that's extremely it, that that's a great tip. And I think that's a tip that that firemen all over the country need to do, because <laughs> a lot of times we're seeing we're seeing a lot more of people that are that are getting on this job because it's a great schedule and it's a good pension and all that stuff. Right. And we're not seeing. And, and again, I, I'm not seeing a lot of true firemen coming on. I'm seeing a lot of employees, mm-hmm. but I'm not seeing a lot of true firemen coming on. Are you having that same such uh, like experience where you're at? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I saw, uh, somebody commented on the, I'm a problem article and said something along the lines of like in their department, everybody's a firefighter, but only a few are firemen. And like, I love that because to me that like yeah. that explained kind of everything that you just asked. Like some people are, they're firefighters. They're here for the paycheck. You know, they may do a great job, but they're not passionate about it. And not everybody, it doesn't have to be your whole life. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I love this. It's basically all I do is this and fitness stuff, but it doesn't, ha- not everybody has to be that way. But man, when you're in that station, when you're in that garage, you, you better be all in and to be all in is to be in the books and be in the streets. Yeah, I, I I totally agree, and and I, and I, and obviously, of course, I have a firefighting podcast, so mm-hmm. you know, like obviously, this is a pretty large <laughs> part of my life and always has been. But you know, but you're exactly right. Like, I mean, I'm 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 married with two kids, so I'm pretty much you know involved in the fire service, and I'm involved in their lives. Like, right. whatever they're thinking is cool. Like, I'm doing. You know, like a lot of it is coaching wrestling, but, but you're exactly right. Like, you know, you don't have to be, I, I tell people this all the time. Like, I'm not saying you got to be me, but what I'm saying is that you got to at least. Yeah, absolutely. Go out there and, and do that stuff. So, all right. So let, let's move to, to, to one of your other passions. And, and again, it's, it's something that you, you do a lot of Instagram posts and you mm-hmm. do a lot of, of things like that. Let's talk about some fitness. And I know you've had your own fitness journey. Yeah. Uh, so, so let's, let's talk a little bit about that and like how you, how you got on the fitness train and why you got on the fitness train. Well, I don't, I don't even know how many years ago it was now, like five, six years ago now, like I was in college and, you know, did the typical college thing where you go to college, you play sports all through high school, you go to college, you don't think you have to do anything. And then you, you know, all, all your life changes and you realize that you actually have to try to be healthy. Um, so five or six years ago, I started working out. I did like at home stuff, you know, just started getting healthy. And then like about 
three, four years ago when I was getting ready to join the department, I knew that I'd have to go through an academy class. And I didn't, I wanted to make sure, first of all, that I could show up the guys. I mean, I wanted (laughs) to be right there with them. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to have help because I couldn't do something. Like those were two things for me. First of all, you shouldn't be here if you can't do it on your own. And if you need help and you need to ask for it is different than being unable to do it because you're not physically fit. There is a difference. And I wanted to make sure that I could do it all. So I just kind of jumped right into it. And then it just became, I don't know, a passion. It's a stress relief for me. If I have a crappy shift, I come home and work out. Like that's, that's one of the first things I do. And, uh, I just, you feel better. I mean, first when you start, anybody that starts a fitness journey, when you first start it, it sucks. Like there's no fun part about it. But once you start doing it long enough, you're, I mean, you can tell that I can tell the difference between when we order pizza on shift and I eat that, or I get home and I eat a salad for lunch the next day. Like, and I think it's important for obvious, for obvious reasons of why we're healthy. And I'm really lucky. My guys, they, they like working out and we work, we, we get the opportunity almost every shift, you know, call dependent on working out and they eat healthy too. So it's made it, you know, pretty easy there. But my big thing is you, regardless of whether you're a man or a woman, you need to be able to do the job. I'm not saying that I know that if they're, you know, my officer is pretty big dude. He's strong, but he's, you know, close to 300 pounds. I'm obviously not going to pull him out by myself, but any writ scenario, you take 12 guys. I don't have to be able to pull him out by myself, but I sure as hell better be able to do whatever I can. And that means being healthy. So it's just kind of, I don't know. It's just, I I can't wrap my right mind around the, the guys or girls who go to a fire department and then just don't take care of themselves. Yeah, I, you know, and, and I had a kind of a similar deal. Like I actually, I got in shape after college uh, and, uh, you know, to pass the CPAT. And mm-hmm. then I like, I, I as, as Jocko said, I, I actually had the opportunity to go see Jocko uh, live in D.C. And he said the biggest problem was that people, when they get off the path, the, the, the problem is they don't like get off the path for two days and then get back on the path right. they get off the path and then they fall off the cliff yeah um and that was me like you know 26 year old like boom like no nah, i got this job i'm good to go and i fell off the cliff mm-hmm. and i got to the point where you know i couldn't i couldn't perform on the fire ground like i would always tell people like you know some people treat their body like a temple i treat mine like an amusement park. <laughs> you know i mean so 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 that you know, you know, but then I, I got to a fire and I, and I couldn't do the things I wanted to do. Right. And I was only 28 years old. So I had to jump back on the path big time. And, you know, again, I, I don't think that no one is ever perfect. Right. Like you Absolutely. said, you know, we try to work out every shift call dependent. Yeah. I try to do the same thing. Like I said, I preach that one hour, one hour in the gym, every shift, but you know, like yesterday, it didn't happen mm-hmm. yesterday. By the time we were done running calls and doing all the stuff we got to do, it's seven o'clock. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I'm going to bed. <laughs> you know, like I'm exhausted. I'm yeah. tired. You know, but then I got up this morning and came home and got my workout in, you know, like, Hey, it's time to, it's time to get on it. And I really like that. how you put it as a stress reliever for you, because I am one of those people that it, it, it does nothing for me. Like mentally, Mm -hmm. like I do it because it's needed to get done. Mm -hmm. Like I know, like you said, I need to be in shape to do my job. And I'm always envious of people who like get some sort of euphoric feeling or, or stress relief out of it. Cause I mean, I've run, I've run two marathons and people were like, Oh, you're going to get the runner's high. Oh. Nope. Never happened. <laughs> never happened. I, I, I felt accomplished, right. but I didn't get like this. Oh, this is great. Like, no, it, it was horrible. You know, it, it was horrible. Yeah. I couldn't so, run that far. I, so that would be horrible. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I, I envy, I envy people that, that actually get that, that feeling from it because it's, it's something I've been searching for ever mm-hmm. since it will, forever and i still haven't found it yet even though i've spent millions of hours in the in the gym 
So what kind of workouts are you doing? Like you talked about, you know, you're, you're obviously being specific because you're, you're getting in shape and mm-hmm. staying healthy for the job. So what does that look like for you? Because I see a lot of people who, and I talk about this all the time, they go do like powerlifting workouts or mm-hmm. they go do, you know, just running. And, and, and that's not, to me, that's not preparing for the job. It's no. being healthy, yeah. but it's not preparing for firefighting because great, you can lift 500 pounds, but you can't walk up five flights of stairs right. or great. You can walk up 500 stairs, but you can't lift this person up and move them. So, you know, so what is, what is your fitness routine look like and how are you specifically tailoring it to firefighting? So depending obviously on like how tired I am on off days or whatever, I usually work out like five or six days a week. And then I split my workouts up, um, I was kind of primarily just doing CrossFit type stuff. I've kind of switched it because I wanted to focus more on strength building. Um, so it's it sounds funny, but like I will literally wake up that morning and like kind of move around and be like, okay, what's not sore today? And then I'll pick two body parts and I'll like lift that. And then I'll do awesome. I do cardio a couple times a week. I do a lot of like short sprint stuff because like what we do, I mean. I am not a runner. I will be the first person to say, I hate running long distance. You tell me I have to go run five miles. Like, I'm just going to glare at you. Like, I don't want to. (laughs) I don't want to. But I think a lot of what we do is like, you know, you work and then you work a lot. You work really hard and then you you have a short break, you know, regardless of what you're doing on the fire ground. It's kind of that like hit type um, style work. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of the cardio that I try to take on. Like, I'll do, I'll run, you know, short second sprints and then I'll do, you know, a 15 second break and I'll do that for 20 minutes. And that's kind of, that has helped me a lot in, um, you know, breathing and conserving your air. Uh, I try to every, and then every once in a while, I'll even run with a mask on. I won't have necessarily be connected to air, but just that restriction and airflow has kind of helped me too. Um, and that's a lot of how I trained for the CPAC actually was, uh, running with a mask on. So that's, that's awesome. So what kind of, I guess, workout tips would you give, a firefighter, you know, any, any kind of like male, female, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, because again, you know, you, you have that unique perspective of you, you are maybe smaller than like your yeah. 300 pound officer. Right. Yeah. So, but you're still trying to like keep up with them. Like, so what, what kind of specific tips would you give a, you know, any, any firefighter to, to increase their fitness or, or to like maybe, you know, inc- you know, do something for the job. Um, the, the three biggest things that I focus on is overhead movements. So any kind of like, uh, overhead presses, that kind of stuff. That's where I, because I'm smaller, that's a big place that I struggle. I am a hundred percent glad you brought that up and I don't mean to cut you off. Oh, you're good. I find that firemen all over the country are horrible with mm-hmm. anything over their head. Yeah. Like you think that you're strong, do a thruster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Do thrusters and you <laughs> will find out that you're not strong. Yes. At all. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I, I definitely struggle with that too, especially my shoulders when I'm wearing my air pack fatigue, mm-hmm. and I do a lot of, so I, I get that shoulder fatigue very yep. rapidly and yep. I don't know why. So I actually do a lot of like, I'll run, but I actually have a 50 pound weight vest and yeah. I'll just walk for miles with that weight vest on to try to, you know, increase my shoulder, you know, stamina. Cause man, my shoulders fatigue so quickly. I don't know why that is. I've tried to wear my air pack a different way. So I, you know, like I've tried a hundred different ways. And so now I'm just to the point where I, I my shoulders are weak. I just need to get, I just, <laughs> need to improve them, yeah, you, you know, like know the, these other techniques. Yeah. These other techniques aren't working. So right. I'm so glad you brought that up. Please, please continue. No, you're good. Yeah. So that's a big one I focus on. And like you said, like I'll wear a weight vest and I'll do the long walks. Um, I'll do pull-ups and stuff with one on sometimes, uh, push-ups, the same thing, like anything just to kind of restrict the movement of the muscles 
to kind of try to get used to wearing a pack. And like you said, for me, I haven't found that it's really helped, but it's not hurting either. So I keep doing right. it. Um, and then core is a big one. I mean, I don't, there's a lot of departments that, you know, lucky them, they don't have to run EMS, but we have to run EMS and cool. <laughs> we have to lift patients. And there are times where it's me and one other guy, one of my other partners isn't that much bigger than I am. And we have to lift a big guy. So and you're not going to be able to lift properly. Like, you need to use your legs and stuff, too. But your core work is going to help a ton with that. And the same thing on the fire ground. I mean, you're humping hose around. Like, your back and stuff's going to get sore if you're not using your core muscles. So I've started in- incorporating, like, a day that is just core work and it's weighted core work. So not just sitting on the ground doing sit-ups, but, you know, sit-ups with a med ball and – um you can do like take a dumbbell in one hand and do like different side bends. I mean, there's a million, if you just Google uh, like weighted core work, there's a million different options you can have. And that's made a huge difference. I would before was just doing like flutter kicks and setups and stuff. And like, yeah, you kind of tone your core, I guess a little bit, but you're not strengthening in it, which is what we need is the strength here. I mean, yes, looking great is fantastic, but that's not why I'm working out. So that's been a big one. And then um, like heavy squats and deadlifts. Cause Let's be real. A deadlift kind of imitates sometimes if you can't bend over properly, that kind of imitates you lifting up a patient. And I suck at those and I hate them. So it's something that I've been trying to work on a lot more too. And then just squats because if you're carrying around a hose upstairs or whatever, you're obviously using a lot of legs. And, and basically everything we do with fire service is using a lot of legs unless you're just sitting holding a hose, which you shouldn't be sitting holding hose. So those are the kind of the three big ones that I've found that for me, just size – Obviously, gender does play a portion of that, but just in, in, in general, those three things kind of are what is the central to my workouts right now. Uh, outstanding. So, as we uh, as as we talk about those fitness things, and we talk about you know that you talk about like those specific things. Mm-hmm. If there was you know, there's a firefighter listening, and they're trying to get started in their in their fitness you know regimen, but they really just don't know how to get started. What kind of advice would you give them on how to like? how to get on that path of fitness so they can be, you know, better for the job. Mm-hmm. Push-ups and pull-ups, honestly. I did not think that, like, that would be that big of a deal. But when I started in my department, my uh, my first senior guy, he's retired now, uh, we would do a push-up and pull-up and a, like, a flutter kick or some kind of other core movement before every workout. And his goal by the time he retired was to do – it was, like, five different kinds of push-ups – and you would do 75 of each, 10 pull-ups in between, and then like 50 or 100 flutter kicks in between each also. And his goal was by the time we re- he retired, that, that was the point that all of us were able to do that. And we got there. And we weren't – I mean, we were lift – that was our warm-up. And then we would lift afterwards. But I can cannot tell you how much my strength increased just from simple push-ups and pull-ups. And even if you – like, I don't have a pull-up bar at home. So, But if I wanted to work out at home, it's like going to the gym one day. If you can find uh, – if you have, like, a stair uh, railing or if you can get one of those pull-up bars for at home and get some bands. If you can't do a pull-up right, get a band. There's absolutely nothing wrong with, you know, modifying it so you get there. Get the form down. But those two moves made a huge difference for my fitness. And then I still add them in as, like, warm-ups and stuff now. But that's kind of – those are the big ones of where I started. And, you know, you brought up something else. Uh, you talked about, you know, working out at home versus working out at a gym. I know at first when I, like, when I got on my fitness path, mm-hmm. I had to go to a gym because if I came home, I wasn't working. <laughs> like, period. 
Like, like if I came to my house, like I was not going to work out. So I would get off shift and go straight to mm-hmm. the gym. Yep. That's what I and do. And that way. Yeah. And, and I knew if I walked through those doors, I was going to work out. Like I knew, it, yep. you know, so, but then eventually I got so tired of the commercial gym atmosphere. So I invested in basically a home gym. Mm-hmm. I've got a squat rack, a pull-up bar, you know, all of these things, like, you know, plenty of stuff, treadmill exercise. I mean, I got it all. Right. Um, you know, and I find now that my workouts, like I don't have to be as regimented as mm-hmm. when they are. Right. Like I like working out in the day, but you know, like in the morning, but like I, at seven o'clock at night, if I'm here at the house and I haven't worked out, I can go out there and get a run in. I can, you know, it's not as inconvenient as having to go to a, to a gym and have Absolutely. To deal with some of those commercial stuff. So what would you say has been more beneficial for you going to the gym or doing some of those home workouts? Uh, me personally going to the gym, there's just more equipment and options. Um, I don't have a ton at home. I I have some some dumbbells and I have a pole bar and some stuff like that. I have a treadmill, but just not as much. And for me, I wanted to kind of push myself more. And it may sound superficial, but if I'm in a gym and I know other people are potentially watching, I work harder, I guess. So there's sometimes that like I'll work out at home and I'll like slack off, like tired, whatever. I'm just going through the motions. But if I go to the gym, like just mentally for me, I just know I'm working harder. I started out with hundred percent at home workouts. I did some of those like tossing the DVD, do a body weight workout. And that was great to get me started. But like, I don't know if you've noticed for you, but like for me, as I've gone, I've had to change up my workouts and push harder. And for me, the only way to do that was to go to a gym. Yeah, absolutely. So talking about like slacking off, uh, you know, and, and everything. So and I tend to do this and I was curious your take on it. I tend to modify my workouts when I'm on duty versus when I'm at home. I tend to save my long workouts Mm -hmm. for, for at home. Like, you know, I'll have, I have time, you know, like, and I'll lift and I'll run and I'll do, you know, work specific stuff at work. I tend to do something shorter, like, you know, an hour at max. Mm -hmm. And I usually like probably 30 minutes of that is the actual workout. And the first 30 is like kind of getting warmed up and stretching out and working out all those, the sore spots, like you talked about, is that something that you've done or, you know, do you recommend that or, you know, is it, you know, what's your take on that? I guess. I think it depends on your department, like how busy you are. Um, We kind of, we work out pretty hard on shift but we're also really used to it. We didn't, we didn't used to, uh, we built up to that kind of, and a cup for a couple of our guys, that's the only day they work out. And now what I obviously love if everybody worked out, you know, almost every day, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. Hey, you're moving and you're up here with me. I'm fantastic. I'm thrilled. So we work out pretty hard. Um, I would say if you're new to the fitness thing, I would do absolutely what you do. Get some kind of movement in, but don't overwhelm yourself because you may catch a fire later. And there have been a couple of times I will admit, like we worked out too hard on shift and just thankfully got lucky. We didn't catch fire later because we would have been beat. So I think I try to do my my workout on shift for me personally is probably like a mid range workout. It's, it's it's hard, but it's not the hardest one I've done. The day I get off shift is usually like the hardest workout I'll do. And then the, the next day is like the lightest. And it's just because I'm trying to rest up for the shift the next day because we were at the 2448s. I got you. Yeah, no, that, and I think that's that's great advice. And you're 100% right because if there's one thing firemen always are is they're competitive. Yeah. And I know me and my my friend who uh, we were working together on shift where he, you know, he's a lieutenant now. And we decided that we were going to see how fast we could get to 150 thrusters. <laughs> but every minute 
every minute we were going to do three burpees. Oh, God. And that killed us. Yeah. Like, that absolutely killed us. We were wiped for the next three hours. Thank God we didn't catch a fire. Yeah. Like, we caught an EMS call, and we could barely lift a stretch <laughs> after that. So I was like, man, there's no way we can go to a fire right now. Like, there's no way. And so that kind of taught me, like, hey, man, like, check your ego a little bit. For sure. And just, you know, you know, do do something and do something that's going to benefit you, but you don't need to push like that. That's for tomorrow. Yeah, You know, exactly. that's for when you can can take a nap if you have to. Now, don't 100% um, slack off. Like, I'm going to call you. Right. If I'm watching you, you know, do a push-up and you're going down half an inch, yeah, I'm going to call you do a real push-up. Exactly. But, yeah, absolutely. I mean, don't kill yourself up here for four hours because then you're going to be useless to me later if we get a fire. So exactly. Cause you know, we, we work 24s as well. Yeah. Like, so I gotta, you gotta be as good at one in the morning as you are at one in the afternoon. Exactly. So, so as we start to wind it down, um, any, any kind of tips or tricks or any just like words of wisdom for the listeners of the average Jake firefighter podcast? I, I mean, just find the fire service, so many different avenues. I mean, I could sit here and list them for an hour, find what interests you because when I started, I saw very quickly how easily it could be to become complacent, to not really care, to just take on the attitude of like, I'm here for my paycheck. I'm going to do a good job, but I'm just here for this. So find whatever it is that interests you. If that's technical rescue stuff, if that's building construction, if that's truck work, if it's engineer work, I don't care. Find it. Learn as much as you can about it. Teach everyone else around you about it so they can get better too. And then when you get bored with that, move on find another one or, or learn more about it. And just kind of always have a project. Some One of my friends said that to me once, and I have taken that on. And that has done more for me in my department and just outside of my department and my career-wise than, than any other really advice that I could come up with. So, No, that, that that's outstanding. And I, and I believe that because, as you said, the fire – you can do – that's what's great about the fire service is you can do – especially like and, – and again, you talked about technical rescue. Like the fire department I work for, we've got a water rescue team, a hazmat mm-hmm. team, uh, a technical rescue team, fire marshal's office. You know, th- there's so many avenues you can go down and be passionate about. You know, it's like there's no there, – you know, there's there's no reason to not have, like you said, a project all the time. Yeah. You know, like there, you can be almost anything you want to be in the, in the fire service. So I think that's that's phenomenal advice so as we start to as, as we start to wind this up uh you know give everybody you know your social media stuff you know let them know you know plug your blog let them know where they can contact you you know and tell us where you're going to be do you have any teaching engagements are you going to any conferences so that you know if people see you out there they can say hey and and, and pick your brain yeah for sure so on twitter and instagram it's both lex shady 516 is my first fire number um the blog is the shady firefighter at word space i think you can find the link to it on both of those um lots of building construction stuff that i'm the problem articles up there if somebody wants to see it uh, like i said i'm always willing to talk so if somebody has a question or you know disagreement like i think that's awesome let's talk about it um conferences wise i'm gonna be a little bit of everywhere this year i'm really excited uh i'm gonna be out in portland for that pdx conference uh firemanship one uh, awesome. i'll be at fdic there's a couple conferences here local ohio uh, so if you're going somewhere and you see something interesting, share it with me because uh, I kind of want to go. My goal this year is to go to at least one conference or class outside of my department a month. So far, I have at least one booked a month through July. So I need the rest of the year planned. So if somebody's got something good, send it my way because I'm interested. That's awesome. And, and, and I love that approach. Yeah, yeah I mean, 
again, like I try to, I try to schedule, I, I obviously don't have the free time you do, um, but I try to, uh, to schedule like several conferences out th- throughout the year. And, yeah. and I think that's a great approach. You know, that, that was one of the biggest lessons that I learned is that the world was, the world was, of firefighting was bigger than my little small fire department Oh, absolutely. in the grand scheme of things. And so that's, that's an extremely good approach. And, and, and I, and I commend you for being able to do that. I'm envious actually. I'd love to be. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very lucky. My department is super supportive of uh you know letting me go to trainings and stuff and uh, i've met some great people and i've learned so much from not necessarily just the classes but the conversations that happen outside the classes too so it's it's well worth the time that's awesome well lex i really appreciate you coming on this was an awesome awesome conversation is exactly what what we were looking for um thanks for coming on thanks for coming on the average day firefighter podcast thanks for dropping all this knowledge on us you know so just we really i really appreciate it Awesome. Thanks for having me. Outstanding. Stay tuned for some closing statements at the very end of the podcast. As I said, what a great conversation with Lex Shady. Uh, She just came in and she rocked it. And I really, really just appreciate her perspective. I appreciate her viewpoint on things. It's just, you know, she is going places, folks. And, and, you know, it's just, it's humbling that she agreed to come on the podcast because, like I said, you're going to see her name in the big trade shows, the big fire service magazines, uh, just especially just like I said, she's, she's humble and she's just approaching the job the right way. She's an example for firemen everywhere, all over the country. And, you know, if you follow her on Instagram, follow her on Twitter. She's super respectful in her comments, super respectful respectful in her debates. She's out there getting after it, working out every day. So uh, just, you know, super, super pumped that she was able to come on and, and just what a great conversation. And hopefully maybe we'll get her back on one day to just talk solely about building construction and solely about that fireman's guide to Main Street. Uh, with that being said, I couldn't do what I do without some great support of some great people and some great companies. The first being Taylor's Tins. You guys have been listening to the podcast long enough. You guys know that I wear a Taylor's 10 on my helmet every single day. But they're not just doing helmet 10s. Uh, the Water Thieves, who've also been on this podcast, they contracted with Taylor's 10s, and they're putting out pump cards, metal pump cards. You, they got helmet shields, pump cards. They've got gas monitor cards. These guys can do it all. So go to taylorstens.com. That's taylorstens.com. Get up with Taylor and get you what you need. They're creative. If you get a Taylor's 10, you never have to wear another helmet helmet shield again, but you're going to want to get one because they look so good. They're great looking. Like I said, mine's been beat up, banged up. It's been into fires, and it has stood the test of time. I, I absolutely love it. I love their products. I wouldn't tell you that I did if I didn't. So just go to taylorstens.com and make sure that you talk to Taylor. Tell them you, t- you heard it here at the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast. Maybe they'll give you a little something on the back end. So taylorstins.com. Stop burning up leathers and start wearing Taylor's Tins. The next is Vanguard Safety Wear. Vanguard Safety Wear, the makers of the MK1 Fire Glove. Those things are made for work. Again, I keep saying it. Again, if you've listened to this long enough, you know I wear a pair of MK1s on my uh, every day when I go to work. They just keep getting better and better every time you train in them, every fire you go to. They're the absolute best fire gloves I've ever worn in my life. So go to VanguardSafetyWear.com or Dingus Fire Equipment.com, DingusFire.com. 
and make sure that you pick up a pair of MK1 fire gloves. And they've got the, the rescue gloves coming out or they're already out and they're already working on some other cool things. So go out there, get you some, but you better go ahead and buy two because once they wear out, it's going to take a long time for them to wear out, but once they wear out, you're going to want another pair. They're that good. Guys all over my department are going, where do you get those gloves? Where did you get those gloves? Well, Vanguard Safety Wear, they're made for work. Lastly, the Fireground Commander Conference, coming back for a third year, March 23rd through 25th, Henrico Theater, Henrico County, Virginia, in the heart of Highland Springs. This one's going to be awesome. It's our best one yet. I'm so humbled that my good friend Ben Martin from over at EmbraceTheResistance.com has allowed me to just be a part of helping him plan these conferences. Um, it kind of started off on a wing and a prayer the very first year, and now we have picked up a head of steam and we're rolling. Uh, we're gonna have this year. We're gonna have speakers like Steve Robertson, uh, Andy, and John from the Water Thieves, uh, OJ from Magic City Truck, Bobby Halt, Nick Martin's coming back due to popular demand for a whole day on command. It's gonna be great. This one's gonna be one of the best ones ever. We are already right at two hundred registrations which means it's going to be probably the biggest one we've ever done. We were right at 190, 190-ish last year, and this year we are right at 200, and it's months before the conference is even going to take place. So don't delay. Only a very few early bird registrations remain. The early bird registration, $99 for three days of lecture, lunch provided every day. You can't beat that deal anywhere else in the country. Don't even try. So, Fireground Commander, March 23rd through the 25th, 2020, Henrico, Virginia. And hopefully we're going to get some of these guys on, or at least Ben on, to sit back and talk about the conference just like we did last year and kind of preview all the speakers. So, again, Fireground Commander, March 23rd through the 25th, 2020, Henrico Theater, Henrico, Virginia. EmbraceTheResistance.com to register. Don't delay. Join us and make us make this one of the biggest conferences we've had to date. And lastly, you know what I do. Make sure you're spending one hour a day in the gym getting after it with some PT. It doesn't always have to be hero stuff, right? It doesn't always have to be the most complicated CrossFit workout you've ever done. It doesn't always have to do that stuff. So get up and go through the motions if you have to. Just got a chance to see Jocko live in D.C., and he even said going through the motions is better than doing nothing. Sure, you want to try to get after it every day, but going through the motions is better than doing nothing. So get up and get moving. Spend that hour in the gym. Go throw your air pack on and walk on the treadmill. You got a set of stairs in your, in your firehouse? Walk up and down the stairs for, th for 30 minutes. It doesn't take anything complicated to get a good workout, and especially job-specific workout. Make sure you're spending an hour every day in the library. Hitting those books. Watch YouTube videos of fires. Talk about command. Talk about control. Talk about how you'd make the stretch. And then make sure you're spending an hour every day doing some sort of hands-on training. Pulling hose lines, forcing doors, throwing ladders, searching, you know, talking about tactics, all of those things. You do that. And you'll become a pretty phenomenal firefighter. I guarantee it. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Stay aggressive. I'm out.